Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. There's a old joke that gets told in many different ways, but it, it basically goes that there are two men getting their hair cut at the barber shop. And one man is a young man who's recently moved to town. When the other man getting his haircut uh, hears that this young man has just moved to town, he tells the young man that he's the pastor at First Church just down the street on the corner. And he says, well, I would love for you to come worship with us this Sunday. The young man responds, uh, I thank you for the invitation, but I don't believe in organized religion. And the pastor responds to that by saying, don't worry, we're not very organized. Right. Thank you for that polite church laugh. Right. That is the essence of a polite church laugh. That's how we laugh at kind of not funny, but kind of funny jokes in church. Well, you know, there's we know a lot of people in our society have issues with organized religion. And what I want you to leave today knowing is if you have some of those questions or if you know people who do, I want you to leave with a better response than that pastor in the barber's chair. Okay, that's, that's the goal today because I believe Jesus gives us a much better response. And as we look for that response, I would encourage you to be a part of our daily Bible reading plan because in our daily Bible reading plan, we really find out what is Jesus all about? Why is there this thing called Christianity? What does it mean to have a personal relationship with Jesus? What does it mean to be able to trust God to provide more than enough in all things? So you can find that uh, at the information desk, uh, the scriptures for October and November, they go right along with what we're talking about. You can also find it at concordunited.org slash Bible. And there online at concordunited.org slash Bible. Not only can you find daily scriptures, but a daily devotion that you can get in email or in uh, podcast form that goes right along to help you pray and read your Bible each day. So I hope you'll be a part of that. This last weekend. In fact, yesterday I was out and I was running with, with a group in town and we did a long run down through downtown Knoxville. And there was a, a young lady in her 20s with the group and it, it was her first time. And she actually had recently moved to a new city and she was looking for a church. Her, her family lives in Knoxville. She's now living in Nashville. And she was talking about her struggle to, to find a church in Nashville. And then after she kind of talked about this, she said, what do you do? And I said, well, turns out, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor at a Methodist church. Well, she, she had experience with Presbyterian churches and with um, Catholic churches. She didn't have any experience with Methodist churches. She said, where does the Methodist church come from? And I said, oh, you, I, I, we just need a disclaimer. Just, I, I, just, I just need to warn you uh, that I can give you a five-minute version or I can give you a 45-minute version. And I, I need everybody in the running group to know I, I need you to be on board before I look because once I start, I'm not going to stop. So, so if you don't want what's about to come, you just, just, just tell me now. Tell me now and I'll, I'll, I'll back off. And she said, no, I, I, I really, I, I'm really kind of interested. And, and the other people were like, uh, oh, okay. Uh, so I, I got to share with her 
where Methodism came from. And one thing we can never say as Methodists is that we're not organized because that's actually where our name came from. The word Methodist was originally a derogatory term used towards John Wesley, the founder of Methodism and his followers because they were so organized about reading their Bible and praying every day. When Every week when I tell you that at the beginning of my sermon, right, that you should read your Bible and pray every day, I'm just doing what John Wesley did. Uh, he, he said, if you're going to be a Methodist, you need to read your Bible and pray every day. And he also said there were other things that you needed to be in a small group and you needed to study scriptures and pray with other people and you need to be, be out there serving your community. He had a whole system. So Methodist, people made fun of Methodists. They said, oh, you just have a method. That's what you are. And we're, we're like, yeah, that's, that's great. That's, that's great. That's exactly who we are. But some people really struggle when they look at organized religion, right? Because they look and they can see that organized religion has, has been used to do some pretty bad things. I mean, right now in our world, the Russian Orthodox Church fully supports the war in Ukraine. And if you look back at World War II, the Lutheran Church in Germany... Um, the, the church that stood up to the Catholic church when the Catholic church had become corrupt and kicked off the Protestant Reformation, that Lutheran church in Germany allowed the Nazis to take them over. And if you look at what happened in Italy, uh, where the Catholic church is based, right? It was a whole lot better, was it? Uh, during during wor World War II. If you look at our country right now, you got a lot of Christian churches uh, who have totally said, hey, we follow this political party or we follow that political party. And people look and they're like, oh man, that, that doesn't, that, that, I, I, I don't know, I don't know about that. And, and then sometimes they know people uh, who are part of certain religions and those people have said things to them that, that seem judgmental uh, or hypocritical. Or for a lot of people, uh, they might not have a super bad experience of organized religion, uh, but maybe they gave it a try and they heard people talk about how great it was and it just didn't click immediately and and they came looking for help and uh, they they came looking for a real connection to something deeper and they didn't quite find it where where they went and so they're not angry they just are kind of like well well what's the point what's 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 the point of organized religion and so some people will even say well well, I, I just believe in private religion, right? In the, the religion that's, that's in my heart. What I want to share with you today is if you ever think in your head, what's, what's really the point of organized religion? Or if, some, if you know somebody who does, the question isn't what's the point of organized religion. The question is what religion is it? right? Because there are a lot of different religions. And there are religions out there that are well organized uh, that are completely bad for humanity, right? That are completely against God's will. There are some awful religions out there. There are some corrupted versions of Christianity out there. But the question we should be asking is what's the point of Jesus's religion, right? And I'll tell you, what's, what's the point of organized religion according to Jesus, and then we can start there, and, and that's going to show us, is it worthwhile or not? Because I can tell you, to me, the absolute uh, most corruptible form of religion uh, is actually the least organized. 
I, I want to tell you the most corruptible form of religion in my mind is the religion that is just private between me and God, right? When somebody says my religion is just private between me and God, all, m maybe they're just shy, you know, and, and they just are uncomfortable talking about it out loud. But if that's really true, then what that means is I don't let anybody else speak into my life about what's really true. And I'm just going to kind of choose what I want to be true and not have accountability about following that. That's what just private religion between me and God ends up as. It ends up in this, I'm just following my heart, right? I'm just following my heart. Well, the Bible says the heart's corruptible above all things. I honestly believe right now, Vladimir Putin, following his heart. Following his heart. It says, you know, that our hearts are corruptible. I think his heart is set on Russian nationalism. He's, he's, I think Hitler followed his heart. Followed his heart. His heart was set on German nationalism. Follow, followed his heart. That's, that's not, you know, uh, if, if we just follow our hearts uh, and it's just between us and God to follow our hearts, I mean, how many of us have ever had our hearts set on something that wasn't good for us and, and was, wasn't good for others, right? No, Jesus had a very different religion uh, and I want to share that about that religion with you today. Uh, we're going to pick up in Matthew 35, or excuse me, Matthew 9 with verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and sickness. So look, look at what he's doing. He, he's teaching about God's goodness and he's, he's healing people. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Okay, why, why does G Jesus is talking about uh, sending people out as an organized religion, as, as a church, to do what he's doing? to share the goodness about God and to help people find healing. And why does he do it, right? This is why does Jesus create the church? And we, we see it's right here in verse 36 because he saw the crowds and he had compassion for them. Jesus created the church out of his compassion for people, right? He created the church because he cared about people. And he wanted those people to be blessed. He, he wanted those people to find healing. He wanted those people to find help for their needs. He, he wanted those people uh, to find the type of truth and accountability and care and love that could sustain them. That, that's why he created the church. He didn't create the church just to give us a to-do list. He, he didn't create the church just because he didn't want us sleeping in on Sunday mornings uh, and thought it was, it was bad for us to, to take extra time off. He, he, he didn't do any of that. He created the church out of his compassion for us. He created the church because when he wouldn't be here any longer on this earth, he wanted to leave something that would still lead us towards God. And he left something greater than just what it is to follow God in, in our hearts on our own. Now, don't get me wrong. I, 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 don't, I don't want you to think that when I'm kind of 
going off against this idea of just following God in your heart. That following God in your heart isn't a major part of Christianity. That personal relationship and letting God speak into your heart and letting God heal and shape your heart, that, that's huge. It's just that needs to take place within the context of a Christian community uh, that can help you uh, discern and live out how Jesus is working within your heart because Jesus created this church for the purpose of sharing his compassion with the for the community. So one question everybody should ask of their church is, is what, does what I know of my church, is what my church is all about sharing, is my church all about sharing Jesus' compassion for the community? And both for those who are here and those who are not yet within these walls. Is, is that what my church is all about? I love how we've been all about this for over 150 years here at Concord. I, I love going out and going to the garden and seeing people working in the garden and knowing that that produce goes to, to help with food insecurity and not just to make sure people get calories but make sure people get healthy food because when you don't have enough, it, it, well, I'll tell you this, if you ever wonder if it's more expensive to buy healthy food, just go to Whole Foods, right? Just, just walk, through, walk through the store and, and you'll, you'll be amazed. I, I love that, and I love that it's not just what the garden does isn't just provide some healthy food, but it gives people a job, right? And it, it's amazing if you've ever gone out and done that kind of work, like how much better you feel about yourself afterwards, right? But because you had a job and you, you did something. And the, the same way with what we do with our CADES ministry, right? For people with dementia, we give them dignity, and, and we give their caregivers a chance, we give their caregivers a break. We give their caregivers resources they need. And we allow people who've reached a stage in life where they need a little extra help. We allow them to live with dignity and, and with purpose, with, with compassion, right? I, I, lo I love watching the kids file into our preschool each week because we, we have kids growing up in this world uh, where because of screens, uh, they're not learning to play with each other. They're not learning to relate to one another face-to-face -face the, the way they used to. And we bring them into a screen-free environment. And we say, hey, we're, not just, we're gonna teach you the alphabet. We're also gonna teach you how to play with each other, how to get along in, in a group. We, I, I look at this church and I see compassion for our community. I, I see compassion when I see the way you walk into worship and I see how you make sure you turn around and you talk to the people around you because you know that somebody here might just really need a smile today and somebody here might just really need a handshake and someone might just really need to know that they're cared about and that somebody else was, was glad to see them today. I, I, that's, that, that's what I see here. That, and so... I want to ask you, what, we, what would it be like for us if we saw our purpose each day as sharing Jesus' compassion for our community? Because there are a lot of different ways the church can kind of see its purpose. Now, we articulate our purpose here at Concord United Methodist is share Christ, serve others, and grow in faith. And I think that, that is, that, that's a paraphrase of the Great Commission where Jesus said to go make disciples and I think that's how we share Jesus' compassion. 
for the community. I've seen so many churches that have tried to make disciples in a way that wasn't compassionate. I've, I've gone to their services uh, and I've been told if I didn't think like them, not just about theology, uh, but often uh, about every little minute detail uh, that somehow I was on the outside looking in of Jesus's compassion, that they were, they were just all about sharing truth and it was truth as they narrowly de defined it. It, it wasn't uh, the fullness of, of Jesus's compassion. And, and I've been other places where it wasn't so much about truth, but it was just about, hey, this, you need to do these things. And if you will do all these things and check all these boxes as a good upstanding church person, then, then you're okay. This is the, the bad side of, of organized religion. And that wasn't really Jesus's compassion either. And then I, I've actually been to churches where, where what I've heard is, Hey, just, just go follow your heart. Just, just go be whatever you want to be. Uh, and we, we all know that, uh, that old phrase we heard as kids, hey, you can be anything you want to be. And we, we all learn sometime around our teenage years, no, you can't. <laughs> like, that's blatantly not true. Uh, so, some of us were, were created differently. Uh, I, I listen to uh, Pastor Larry sing, and I'm like, oh, what, what a gift. And I want you to know, I once took voice lessons. Um, and here's why I took voice lessons. It was my last year of college, and I knew I was going to be a pastor. And I know what they do with young pastors. They send you to little itty-bitty, teeny-weeny country churches that are great churches. And those are some of the best churches we have. But they don't always have professional musicians at those churches. And at those churches, sometimes they expect the pastor to lead hymns. And I couldn't even sing well enough to get us started in the hymns, right? So I went into voice lessons and I told the voice instructor, I said, I just need you, I just need to be able to get the first three notes of any hymn out correctly, right? And then the other people will come in and we'll start singing and we'll be okay. But I'm here for a whole semester. I'm paying tuition. I need three notes, right? That's, that, that, that's, that's what I'm here for. And I'll tell you, as someone who, who hasn't really sung much, it, it was amazing because I had a very talented instructor. And, and what he could do and the way he could teach people to sing. And a, after a couple months, the, the amazing thing was I could kind of do that. I, 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 could, I could kind of figure out how to get something in a key that, that I could sing, and that, that takes some doing because I've got about five notes. So if any song goes up more than five steps in a row, I'm done, like, right? I'm but, but, but I kind of figured out what notes I've got, and I figured out how to, how to do that. And I remember the instructor saying to me, you know, Will, you're, you're probably not ever going to be a soloist, but if you keep working at this, you could be a solid choir member. I, I learned that that singing really is kind of like riding a bike. Yeah, not everybody's going to do the Tour de France, but, but you, can, you can probably figure out how to get, get around a little bit if, if you try. But, but then you have other people who, you know, they're, I hear kids five years old, and, and they, they can sing better than I ever dreamed of. God, God, God created us all different, right? 
Um, but I've heard churches where, where it's more just that self-empowerment, where uh, they get, uh, they really care about people. They just have forgotten how to connect people to Christ, which, which was their purpose. But what if we saw church? What, what if our church was known as the church that shared Christ's compassion with our community and with one another? What if when somebody comes into church and they don't quite act like they, they're supposed to, what if we give thanks that God brought a spiritually immature person to our church, right? Why, why don't we give thanks that this person is in church uh, rather than stand back and say, oh, I, I, I can't stand that, that they do that. Um, what, what, what if we looked at everything with compassion? Uh, what, what, if, what if we looked when we have a young family who comes in who has no idea uh, how to handle all the kids God has, has blessed them with? Uh, what if we said, oh, we're, we're so thankful for that? Because I'll tell you, like, how many of us like, really know how to handle the kids God has blessed us with? Like, it, I'm learning every day. Like every day is on the job training. I'm, tr I'm trying to learn and be a good enough parent. And where when my kids grow up, they'll say, you know, th this is my goal. I want them to say, dad really loved us and he tried real hard. Uh, if I can get that, that's, you know, good. And then probably the next phrase will be, and bless his heart, <laughs> da, 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 every, everything else. Okay, so here's, here's what I want to, want to leave you with. If we are a church that shares Christ's compassion for the community, then we're going to live in to what's unique about church. Because the church is the only organization that exists primarily for those who are not yet a part of it. That's, that's what Concord United Methodist has done for all our history, right? That, that's why uh, we uh, began uh, in 1865, a horrible time in this area of the country to start a new church because of the financial difficulties following the Civil War. But we began because people had compassion for people moving to this new community by the river called Concord. That's why we moved to this property because after TVA flooded the river and made a lake out of it, uh, people were, were no longer living in Concord. They were living in this new community called Farragut. And the leaders of the church said, we, we need to go where the people are. And some people at the church, and we actually have records of the conversations. And let me tell you, they weren't always polite. Um, some people said, no, we spent 60 years building this building. And other people said, but the people are here. It's, it's why today we're uh, looking at, uh, is God leading us to create new space in our facilities for children and for kids and new more accessible space for adults in our facility because of a community that needs Christ's compassion. The church is the only organization that exists primarily for those who are not yet a part of it. There was a time in history when the church only existed for those who were a part of it. That time lasted two days, from Good Friday to Easter Sunday. And for those two days, this is what the church did. They went and they locked themselves within a room, and they prayed, God, please don't lead us to a painful death, right? From Easter Sunday on, 
The church existed for those who were not yet. That, that's why they preached at Pentecost, right? For those who were not yet a part of it. That's why most of the disciples ended up actually dying a painful death. Most of them, eventually, the church had such influence that they became so threatening uh, that they eventually were imprisoned and executed because of their influence. And directly against the prayer they prayed when they were a church that existed only for themselves from Good Friday to Easter Sunday. They went out and their lives directly contradicted that prayer because Jesus changed them. Because the resurrection changed them into a church that no longer existed for themselves, but existed for the world. For Jew and Greek, for slave and free, for male and female. That exists today uh, for Americans and Russians and Chinese and Italians and French and British and Colombians and any nation under God, Nigerians, any nation you can name, we exist for that nation. Any tribe you can name, any race you can name. Uh, for rich, for poor, uh, for middle class, uh, for uh, people with a college education, uh, for people who didn't finish high school, uh, for people uh, who uh, came up uh, thinking uh, that being raised in church for people who came up not knowing anything about God. The church exists for, for all that, for those who are not yet a part of it. And the reason we do is because once you've experienced Jesus' compassion for you, his healing for you, you have to give it away. That's, that's just what it does to you. It, it, it demands that. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Let's pray together. Gracious Lord, we ask you to send us out. But before you send us out, oh Lord, we ask you to send us your spirit. For we cannot lead others on a journey that we are not taking ourselves. Keep us ever close to you. Teach us to come to you in our confusion, in our hurt, in our struggles, that we might find our healing and our hope in you. And having experienced the miraculous healing that your compassion brings, oh Lord, teach us to share it with others. That the religion that we practice might be one that lifts you up and leads us to you and leads us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. In your name we pray these things. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.